We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, hey guys, what's up? Uh, you know what time it is. I'm going to talk to you about our sponsor here on the show, MyBookie. Uh, it's a great site for sports betting, whether it's you know the bowl season, you got NBA. Uh, I mean, it'll be baseball here before we know it again. Pretty much anything you want to gamble on, MyBookie is the way to do it. And uh, when you use MyBookie, you're going to be supporting us here on the show. That's kind of the best part of it. So all you got to do, head on over to MyBookie, just type it into whatever browser, Google, whatever. Uh, sign up for a new account, and then just use our promo code SHARK25, and uh, you're going to get some great bonuses. You're going to get $25 bonus cash. You're going to get a deposit match and deposits of $100 or more. Uh, you can start playing with MyBookie today. It's, it's really just that simple. MyBookie, you play, you win, you get paid. That's how you do it. Don't forget, SHARK25. All right, thanks, guys. Let's go on to the show. Welcome to Landshark's After Dark, your weekly dispatch from the dystopian reality that is Ole Miss Athletics. Very special episode today. I, of course, am your, co- or your host, Justin Sanders. Uh, and for the first time ever, in person, got my co-host, John Stefanczyk. What's up, John? How you doing, buddy? This is basically our four-year anniversary. Our four-year we anniversary, and we decided we'd do, a, we'd do a live show for the first time. I just want to say, before we get going, uh, for a show that I would say is not necessarily known for uh premium audio content or quality i should say this uh this might be our worst episode ever so excuse all of the uh the chair noises you might hear uh any of the inconsistent levels yeah we're uh you know we're 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 learning how to do this for the first time usually we record on skype a little behind the scenes but uh you know john not only back in the united states he's here in mississippi with me in the land after dark studio first of all what do you think palatial digs we got around here we got us it's solid gets the job done yeah exactly i mean our sponsors yeah but they put us up here they pay for uh you know the solid the, not spectacular more investment in the equipment that matters right exactly the high quality to, equipment exactly some crazy fireplace maybe i wish old miss would be more efficient with their booster network like that's this. right exactly land Darks after dark we uh Invest we, in the assets we run a an efficient operation absolutely but uh so happy to have john here we just had a Lunch at a Jackson establishment. Kiefer's had a Paul Couture, friend of the show. Uh, you picked him up from work, right? That was yep, real, that was yep, real I nice of you. Him. Chauffeuring him around. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, obviously, John said he's coming into town. Figured, well, hell, we got to record this podcast that we do. Like John said, four year anniversary. Well, what a four years it's been. Should we talk about that first? The the I'd say we've seen the highest of the highs and the lowest of the lows for Ole Miss I mean, in the last started... four years. A few days before the Peach Bowl in 14, which was, mm. it's interesting. That was the peak of the freeze era. He had just shunned Florida, basically. To Probably the, that, then the next year. It beat Alabama in Sugar Bowl the year after. I would say right? that was in the middle of, I mean, 14 mm-hmm. and 15 were the two best Absolutely, Ole yeah. Miss teams that, mm-hmm. hell, we'll probably see for And, of course, they still, they still had their signature losses. 
They had their screw ups. This was before the forty two to three no show in Atlanta. Right. And but, we we came out and said that SEC defense is gonna that's gonna show TCU yeah, what's Bo's, up. Bo's gonna put points on the board oh, yeah. to uh, Cody Core and uh, oh, yeah. Quincy had a boy. And I mean after after thirty to nothing against Arkansas, I think we should have known that that wasn't what was gonna happen with that offense, but that you know, typical Ole Miss fashion, the egg bowl made us think something was going on that wasn't going on, just like last year with Matt Luke. Kind of foreshadowing. Yeah, it really it really was. I mean, that was the egg bowl where you had uh, the Jordan Wilkins pass for a touchdown. You had the Jalen Walton like ninety five yard yep. touchdown. So that was definitely definitely had us thinking, oh well, you know, maybe they'll actually show up in this New Year's bowl. No, not at all. But you know, they freeze lived us another day. Had a had a great start to the next season, beat Alabama again. Uh, you know, like I said, some some typical freeze stumbles. The whole offseason saying 15s kind of where the stars would align. We thought, and yeah, yeah. And Laramie Tunsil gets suspended. Agent stepdad happens in July. I don't really know what to think about the season at that point. His eligibility came it really. His eligibility didn't really come up till right before the first game, and then right. we we're like, well. Maybe it's a two game, and then Alabama went, and then really, and then when you beat Alabama, you think, well, hell, we don't even need Tunsil. We'll do it without well, him. Well, but then, then it was so. Then they do that. They they come out flat as hell against Vandy the following week, and right? Squeak by a win, yeah, barely. And then he wasn't back after four games because Gurley had gotten the jersey right. suspension four games the year before, and once once it went past four games, that was when you knew something, something was going on. It was just. A-war. I mean, honestly, in retrospect, it's kind of crazy he came back at all. You know, with as hard as the NCAA you know, ends up coming down on Ole Miss. We've never thought about it that way because we had our fan hats on. Right. Time, we were just like, he has to come back. Why There's did no the NCAA way. let him come back? I'm honestly shocked that they ever did. I mean, I think I, I think if it had been a year or two later when the investigation was really in the thick of it, I doubt that he ever would have played again at Ole Miss the way things were going. Um, but so, yeah, you beat Alabama, you think, oh, but maybe they don't need Tunzel. They can still, you know, they can do this again. They can have well, his aspirations. Well, he didn't come back after four games. After, and then, yeah. well, who was the – T. Shepherd was the corner. They, they quit the team. And he quit the team, yeah. and they went to the swamp. He was never good. What no do we, but I, I still don't know what we attribute that performance at Florida to. Like, I honestly never figured that one out. Like, they played good defense. Our offense the was line flat. got smoked. Yeah, they, they just won the game up front, Will you think. Greer, well, Tony Conner got hurt in the defense. Right, hasn't. of course, yeah. So that's Van, a huge – losing they, Tony Conner against Bama is a huge loss. They didn't loss. know against Vanderbilt how big of a problem of course, they had. Right. Florida told them how and big Greer, of a problem And Greer they was had. juicing, and uh, he played a good game. Offense just looked terrible. We didn't know how hurt Tony Conner was. I mean, Tony Conner's career got wrecked. Yeah, it was over that day in Tuscaloosa, yeah. Which is it was still one of the absolute saddest things that's happened in Ole Miss since I've been following the fandom. Tony Conner was – Great player, you know. It's instant. Yeah, going to be a first round pick, no doubt. Don't even know what he's doing now. I assume he's a coach or something. But you know, you just got to hope that staying home works out for him and he gets taken care of in some form or fashion by some old Miss booster somewhere yep. with the job or something. Um, but so, I guess what I it's, what I just was thinking is that was that one of McElwain's kind of signature wins in Florida? Absolutely. Well, that was his first year there. Yeah. And, and Ole Miss and had just were, beaten was, Bama. They were 25th, and Ole Miss was third in the country going down there, mm-hmm. and that got McElwain. That bottom, bottom time. Built up yeah. equity. Now, he managed to burn it down in a couple oh, of years. Oh, sure, a yeah. Years, but well, when you, you lay with a shark like that. I guess kind of if we want to look do a four-year look back at each sport, so football goes through. They, they have this mid-season – just yeah, the Florida. Then what 15. was Memphis? Memphis was, was Memphis right after Florida? I can't remember what was in between no, Florida like, and Memphis. It was uh, some shit non-conference team. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Like didn't, didn't, didn't mean anything. Yeah, Hudspeth or something. Yeah. 
at Lafayette. And then they go to the Liberty Bowl, get up 14 and, and And we know in the Liberty Bowl, they had been told that Tunsil's coming back. So I think we've always kind of given that some credence as to... the week of the game that he was coming back. For so, A&M. So everybody... Because now looking back, I mean, freeze teams and... So Focusing on one day at a time. No way. It's not their strength. They, get, they, they would get way up over their heads. So they look. They get up 14 To be fair, to be fair, Bama was untouchable, still is untouchable. Beating Bama two years in a row, even that first year, you can understand how that would make a team crazy emotionally. It's an insane – it was a crazy accomplishment. We, we still have to get free credit for that. The thing is, though, is in 14, they beat Alabama. Mm-hmm. Then they go on the road to a ranked A&M team. Yep. We just beat the shit out of them at College Station. Yep. Yeah, yeah. They just smoked Cody Pruitt with the pick six. That was a huge game. And that's when we were sitting here going, holy shit. The team's good. And the coach is actually able to manage the emotions of the team, which was a total. I'd like to. I've never done that. Thought of it this way before. I like to personally blame Kevin Sublin for making us delusional. Because (laughs) he made Hugh Freeze look competent coming off a high and going on the road and winning. That's true. Um, well, and then Derek Mason exposed him for who he, who he was Mason, when, he, when he nearly beat him. I'd say Derek Mason's after, definitely a more solid football coach than Kevin Sumlin. Yeah, I think Arizona's proven that out. Yeah, so. uh, but no, not to go back. We got to keep we got to keep moving here on fifth in fifteen. They get through uh, the the Liberty Bowl. Terrible. That debacle happens, and we then all know what the happened. team's in complete free fall. And yet, still, they turn Tunzel around the next comes week. back and shuts down Miles Garrett. Garrett. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then they, they go to Auburn and win, which they hadn't done in forever. <laughs> yep. And it was like, okay, is this team? There was gonna, a lot of redemption that season. They, they beat LSU. Put it together and save itself. And then the way they did. And then the fourth and twenty-five debacle happens of against course. Arkansas, where they got completely. Mm-hmm. Got their ass kicked schematically on defense. And then what happened? Uh, what happened that year in the Egg Bowl? I don't remember. They went to they. Uh, it was in Starkville. So, so they lost to Arkansas. Right. The West was no longer in their control. Right. By week, beat the crap out of LSU and Oxford, and then they went to Starkville. And, and that was that was kind of the revenge year for them teabagging Bo Wallace and all of that. The two years before, right? They kind of I feel like they kind of rallied to, to win that well, game. Now that was Dak's last game, right? And oh, they, and the defense, and the, the defense basically played. was kind of a Sugar Bowl play in, and right. they just went out there and beat. The Bridges first. had like a pick six. And they beat the crap out of. Yeah, they, what I don't remember the offense in that game. I guess Laquan caught got, a touchdown. They got hot on offense. Right. The, the again, Arkansas LSU State was probably the yeah, and, and the they're really Sugar clicking Bowl, Sugar Bowl as well. Yeah, they, they, they were going to put 35, 40 points on anyone. A and M was a little stop and start, but they had like a long pass. I remember they, they had some, a couple but, calls that, come back, but that game was never in doubt. Yeah, Auburn was very and Auburn so Freeze, would have been bigger if Ingram didn't have a Freeze anyway. gets his offense going. Wins the Sugar Bowl. It's a big victory. We're has thinking this big recruiting class going into yeah, 16. big offensive recruiting class, of course. But so you got Shea first, Patterson, of course. Shea Patterson, one of the biggest stories we've had on this podcast was, was recruiting Shea Patterson. When you get the number one quarterback in the country, I think optimism was high going into sixteen for sure. But obviously, the defense was what we were if you go overestimating. Back to January of sixteen, yeah. Sugar Bowl win. Shea Patterson commits. Shea was okay, January, um, February. Did he commit? He committed before. No, he, no, he committed a year before. He committed right? in fifteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. So Shea and all these guys sign. Yeah, you know, AJ might, Brown. You get him, but you lose Jeffrey Simmons, and I think that's a huge NLA, blow. The, the note, the first notice came out the last right, week of January, in between before signing day. To, yeah. uh, 
the big visit and they, and they have they, hostage they kept video. everybody but they didn't gain anybody they lost Simmons well they, Simmons wasn't committed but people thought they had a good chance I don't think at Simmons. Simmons was ever coming no I think Simmons oh. was always probably committed to state but he was telling Alabama and Ole Miss I'm coming yeah. so that they wouldn't go after Barney him super hard got in my opinion by how whatever the, happened yeah there. yeah obviously um, we haven't even we even talked about Leo Lewis the year before of course at whatever, the time we've gone through at the time, we didn't know what all was going on behind the scenes in the Leo Lewis thing. We thought it was sketchy. We had no idea there was recordings being made of his mom and all that shit, and and obviously and all the stuff that was going on. But so yeah, we're in we're in. We moved past Sunday sixteen. You had a great offensive class, but th- what happens then? Nobody's talking about defense insufficiencies and the draft. The night draft night happens. happens, and that kind of changes the Ole entire from atmosphere. Sugar Bowl cloud high. We haven't been here since Archie Manning. I mean, we're, we're at Archie Manning. Well, they're high on the Sugar Bowl. They quickly though, go to a gas mask high with and then and they draft got, night. Yeah, a different high. Yeah, so it's just they weren't it, breathing oxygen anymore. And if you, I, I think, I think as Ole Miss fans, we had all been looking forward to draft night 2016 since that 2013 signing class. We thought this was going to be even more than beating Alabama, perhaps kind of the coming out party on the national scene where Ole Miss has all these guys go in the first round. Mm-hmm. And yes, you get three guys drafted in the first round, but that you, was supposed to be you, you mentioned night. free fall. We forgot, you know, Kim Dietschy had already free fallen out of a hotel window before this. The draft class was just being tanked, and then, of course, go ahead. Well, draft night 16 was supposed to be Ole Miss is going to establish itself. Right, and, and they're here to stay. It's a top 15 program, and it's here to stay. Right. And it totally blew up. And then, you, and then it, I mean, it's amazing how it went. I mean, they got this close, and you know, I'm holding my fingers close together, like an inch apart. Yeah, we're, we, we can see each other. So we can this on ESPN 20. Right, exactly. We're still working out that agreement, but um, on Twitch TV. Exactly. But they, um, they were so close to being established, but it turned. But then, you had draft night blows up, and obviously we talked freezes, about freezes, and then over the next 18 months, you have freezes. Personal life blows up. Uh, the, cha- the new chancellor they hired was a no, total not even flop. not even eighteen months, right? Did freeze um, freeze was it was July, it was it was that July later that 17th. summer, right? Oh, was it? No, no it was no. a year. No, it was July. It was July of twenty seventeen. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, right. Because so freeze freeze coached the the year that we're about to talk about where they beat where they, Georgia. It was all this week. They uh, they blew with yeah. They blew that's a big right. Lead freeze coached Florida, a five and they blew seven. Twenty two point lead against Florida State. They blow a tw- They had their. Nobody besides nobody. So he falls up ten and three with five and seven, basically. Yep. Yeah, and he had Florida State and Bama. He was right. up by three scores in both games. He beats so. Kirby, but yeah, and, and he really, yeah, he really had Bama uh, as well. But of course, I mean, holding on to a lead against Bama is. is but they had tough. no defense. But yeah. So so draft night happens. We talked about draft night. Uh, I think that really takes the air out of kind of that Sugar Bowl high. But you're still thinking. You know, we got all these new guys coming in, but like you said, the defense was a way bigger problem than we ever expected. He burned Shea's red shirt to go beat a right. and, and so, but so that year, playing. the five and seven year, Womack is still the DC. Yes, yeah. Yeah, they fired him right before the Egg Bowl. They got right. beat by thirty-five points in the Egg Bowl. It sounds familiar, right? It sounds home. like an Egg Bowl we've we've experienced recently. Uh, yeah, so that that whole season somewhat unremarkable. We're, but Ole Miss fans are still thinking maybe Shea Patterson's the great white okay, savior. Okay, Shea soft. Burns his red shirt. He beats A and M. But the uh, recruiting class was a debacle because everybody yes. knew the. I mean, the NCAA fire was really raging burning. at this point. Yeah, so it had been a year at, at on that time day. It had been a year since the new notice of allegations. Uh, was that is are we getting the timeline right on that no, that new notice of allegations? When did the second NOA come out? I'm trying to. Yeah, I think we might. 
I think that maybe that came out after the twenty they uh, had the sixteen season before Cal in seventeen, right? Which means the second NOA. Would I think have it might have been out. January of seventeen. I think it was before between the season and signing day in seventeen. Yeah, so that's we we were, we got that a year off. Uh, we're doing a four year retrospective here. There's going to be some. We're getting it all sorted out in our heads here. Well, it's just crazy. To, I mean, how this is it went. No, right. Of course, it had to be because so the the new NOA came out about eight months after draft night. Because yeah. obviously draft night, people said reopen this whole thing because you had the text messages posted and all that, and uh, tons will say it. I'd have to say yeah to being paid and all that, whatever you want to say. Yeah. Um. So now we're after that five and seven that freeze rolled. He had to make staff changes. He's got he's got Longo coming in now. He's got McGriff coming in now. The recruiting class is nothing. The defense is terrible. New in a way comes out. We get the hostage video, uh, moving through an off season, pretty rocky off season. Obviously, freeze does freeze things that summer. Goes SC media day, says I'm I'm confident in my job. Resigns what two weeks later or something. Yeah. I mean, still thinking back. I mean, that's that's got to be one of the most memorable and shocking episodes of the podcast we ever did. Where we're sitting around. I think we were maybe already gonna record. That we're sitting around and stuff starts coming out. People start reporting. Freeze is going to resign. We don't really know what's going on. We get a bunch of people together. We do a big Skype call. I Everybody's talking Freeze about resigning it. And I, we were happy about it. That's kind of how this group text got started. Yeah, exactly. Because I said, it was everybody ins- that's right. been on the show, if you want to come on, because that's Freeze right. Because it was gone. just, it was just insane. We didn't it, want to pick just one guest. Breaking true breaking news coverage on the podcast that night. Got it out, um, and, and it was just crazy. And then I think we were all just kind of shocked from there. You know, Matt Luke becomes the interim. It makes sense to have him be the interim. They go six and six. And we already still, mentioned they they can't get an NCAA ruling. Yep, Luke gets the job after going and breaking Fitzgerald's leg at Starkville. <laughs> I mean, let's yeah, be just an that emotional an emotional egg bowl and, win. And then the, the defense is still not frankly, good. Obviously, the fan base has been fractured ever since and continues to divide. I I mean I I would posit that the fan base has been reeling. And, and just taking blow after blow since draft night. Draft night, was, and even before then, those losses. Obviously, you got these are the gut punch. Yeah, look, because there's a lot of events, but draft night was when it went from. Since draft night, it's been it five and seven, six and six, five and seven. On the sides, to oh my god. Yeah, it, since draft night, it's been in free fall. I would say that was Jimmy's. I mean, that was where oldness is incompetence sucked Jimmy Sexton into his. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Worst moment as an agent. No, so sorry, I got I got that backwards. Draft night was. After five and seven, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, it was no, it was after fifteen. Oh, it was, it was after April Sugar Bowl. 16. Okay, right, yeah. right, 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 right. It was on the before. So since draft night, right? Five and seven, six and six, five and seven. Since then, uh, yeah, and things have not have not turned around. You know, we we're pretty much up to, to modern day here. Obviously, you said we we hired Luke. Uh, we just had an episode last week about how signing day was a flop. John, you weren't here. Uh, you got any thoughts yes. about another another Luke class? The yes. Kobe Dean, shocking that he's not coming, right? Another Cam Akers. I mean, the optimism got out of control, just like always, right? Same beforehand. shit, different day. And the Kobe, you know, in, with kids, in-state kids, it always gets squirrely at the end. I mean, CC Jefferson felt like he was gone for a while and ended up going to Florida. But he was from Florida. But yeah. yeah. But the fact. The fact that State and Ole Miss let Georgia come in and get the yeah. Kobe Deans really. Well, I think I mean I, I think it's open season. Jones. I think it's open season right now on Mississippi recruits. It has been for a while. Um, I'm, the last big Mississippi recruit that went in state was Simmons, right? Uh, I mean, I might be forgetting someone that state signed, but I think Simmons is the biggest recruit State or Ole Miss has gotten from Mississippi in a while. Yeah. AJ, AJ Brown AJ at the same, Brown, time. same time. Alabama wanted both those guys. 
But uh, I mean, since then, I, I mean, I think I think with Luke being very weak at Ole Miss, uh, obviously Ole Miss's booster network has Ole no Miss idea what they're doing right now. And then you have Morehead, Morehead at State, who I think is still an outsider. He has a, a decent network why, at why State. Why did State get in on the Kobe Dean? That's what I'm saying. I don't know. I'm saying I think I think because I, I was thinking driving up here from Pensacola to here, you go across how 98 through Southern Mississippi, then to Hattiesburg up 49, and I was sitting there going, Mississippi State fits. The whole environment culture on forty nine years very well forty nine yeah. ninety eight and then Ole Miss just wondering I mean okay you can see it in Madison Ridgeland somewhat but states a much better general fit for most of Mississippi and you look at like the high school coach network they have compared to it and everything right it's there. So why the hell can't they get it? They were never even in the game for a kid from Horn Lake. You know, state which, state does well with I'd say like the top eight. Mississippi guys, but yeah. there's something about that the top one or two guys that I think both Ole Miss and State struggle with. And you know, Ole Miss for a long time was getting the number one guy consistently, and that was kind of a narrative around it. But that slipped, obviously. Yeah, Those but, days have but passed. But the number one guy is like really a top, a bona fide. Like this yeah. guy's going to be a really good. Yeah, top I think Simmons was number player. one. And then Simmons was. And Cam Simmons, Akers, obviously. Well, Chris Jones got hit. Yeah. If yeah, Chris yeah, Jones yeah. had been discovered six months earlier, the whole world would have been yeah, on him. Yeah. Um, Simmons, like Cam Akers, Connor, leaves. South Panola is. Nicobe South Panola is like the one. Well, I think I, I think Freeze did a decent job in state. Obviously, Mullen did pretty good in state too. Like I, I think both schools had decent networks in state at that time. But I think right now that's that's if definitely state, questionable. You don't even you're not even really in the conversation for Nicobe Dean. I'm concerned. Yeah, I think I, that's 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 kind of the biggest knock on Moorhead so far is that he he, he didn't even get in on it on Nicobe Dean. Uh, he's done decently recruiting in state this year, but we talked about it. On the podcast last week, uh, there were lots of guys that didn't consider state or Ole Miss, like Turnage, mm-hmm. um, and, and some other big names. Uh, what's it? Jaron Handy, who signed with Auburn. I mean, these are guys that could have really had impacts at these programs. So, I, I think if I'm a state fan, I'm, I'm saying, okay, we have a good coach. We have to invest in the network around him. They hired Tony Hughes, put him on staff, which is a smart move. That's the kind of thing that I think Moorhead needs at state to be competitive. And then you turn around, you look at Ole Miss. You hired your Mississippi guy. You know, he's the whole point of hiring Matt Luke. We talked, we made the case. You branded why, Mississippi Why made. could it make sense to hire Luke? Well, we have this great Kobe class. Kobe didn't go to a border state. He went to Georgia. Exactly. We have this great 18 class that, that Matt Luke's going to get in on, and these kids are going to go for, I guess it's a 19 class. These kids are going to go for, for, for him. Nope, that did not happen. 19 uh, had the talent to make her team. Exactly. Could have rebuilt. Now, Kobe to, Dean alone gets Luke another Matt year. Luke, to put Luke in a position yep. to be successful. And he lets it, he lets it get away and I think I talked about it on the show last week but I think it's hilarious no disrespect at all to Kobe sounds like a great kid go do what you got to do he was it was so transparent at the end like he's giving interviews where he said I was on my phone an hour up to it like fielding text messages trying to decide yeah. what's happening an hour before signing day you're not making relationships it, it's it's offers we're talking about amounts are being sent yeah, to you like he didn't even try to hide it and say it's about Kirby or it's about Matt Luke this is a transparent process and Ole Miss didn't get it done and and I mean I was talking with I was talking with friends that said you know, if you're Matt Luke, you have to see the writing on the wall and see that Nakobe Dean could easily add a year to your contract. Go look at your salary. I don't, I don't care how you get it done. You and Tom Luke, get it done. Get the money to the right people. If you have to put up half the money, get it done. I don't think boosters Is are necessarily really going to bat for to go Luke. Hire somebody to teach these guys how to do this. That's see, that's that's, that's a great question. We need to get like a a a Godfrey type 
that is super familiar with Why it. Why can't Tyler Siski tell him how to do it? it well, it means he's not the I one think Tyler Siski is, is is fake news to use to use your terminology <laughs> from what I can tell. Um, I just I. <sighs> I don't know why it went so badly, but it went terribly this signing day. Is, and that, that brings us up to where we are now in football. Um, you got a new defensive coordinator, Mike McIntyre, potentially, you know, looking at the contract he got, potentially Ole Miss's next head coach, in my opinion. He's the interim. He's going to sure. be the interim for sure. Uh, not sure who the OC is going to be yet. You know, Will Hall takes his name out of consideration. At this point, it, it doesn't really seem to matter that much. I think Ole Miss fans are probably 70% out on Matt Luke. 70% of the fan base does not think that he's going to be able to get it done. I think, yeah. yeah. There's, there's no comment. Tickets, season ticket sales what, what will is, surely what, take a hit. Key, what's the key outlook for 2019 with football? You know, people are going to people are gonna love Matt Corral. He's going to have to be the face of the program. Um, he's going to have a green offensive line. Defense, I think, will be improved. I think Matt Corral could have a bad year. Because Very possibly. The offensive line is rough. Line. I think he's a good player. He but seems like he's got talent, but he's not. It's going to be rough. I think it's. I think it's going to be rough on offense. Honestly, I think the defense might be better than the offense. With you know, you had some some guys this year. Who's going to Momo Sanogo, I mean, West Jones. You had some decent players on defense that I think should improve, and they're going mean, to have better taking, coaching. If they don't get this OC, if this OC get hire can't yeah. really coach, this is going to be a disaster yeah. on offense. Yeah. Well, and we know the defense has no time. I, I really think people just think at this point it's kind of delaying the inevitable. So I, not getting to Kobe Dean makes me think it's it's more and more likely that that Lou's going to be gone after next really year. Really about it, I think the biggest question, frankly, is is Luke going to do enough to get to twenty twenty? Right. Exactly. And and what is that number? Is it six? Is it five and seven looking a certain way? I think five and seven, and and it's just. And I mean, pull the he, plug. I mean, if he, if they go five and seven, and Corral is developing because they went and hired an OC that is showing. Here's progress. here's the question. Here's the question. Do they win the Egg Bowl? Honestly, I think the roles have somewhat reversed, where the Egg Bowl has become a lot more important, especially after losing thirty-five to three this year. The fact that that Luke got hired after it, I think that might be an important game for Luke next year. Yep. And State on paper is a much better team. Yep. State should win that game. Obviously, they're going to have a new quarterback, too. Fitzgerald is gone. Uh, defense is still going to be better than Ole Miss's defense, for sure. And Moorhead's an offensive coach. I mean, so, in they theory... Lose, if they lose to Arkey And Memphis State, start of the year, like we were saying. If they lose to Arkey and State, they've lost... I mean, they're clearly the worst team. Worst yes, and, it, and you, throw in a, you throw in a rivalry loss to Memphis, yep. potentially next year. I think you have to fire Luke. I think, I think those are the three games. You lose to Arkansas, Memphis, and State next year, I think Luke is, Luke is done. Yeah. You win one of the three... You had a chance. You went two how, of the three. How, how you're many safe. people are in the stands in in uh, November? That's gonna be the question. Yeah. And the egg bowl is back in Starkville. Yeah, I mean next year is gonna be it's gonna be rough. I mean maybe you can find an upset against someone like Auburn. Does McIntyre's presence make them more likely to roll Luke into 2020? Give or a shot because, or more likely, know. or people people are gonna be clamoring for McIntyre to get the job instead of Luke? I guess it could go either way. Cause yeah. If you if you if you go three games into 20 and it's not working, then you can just make Mac the interim. Right, exactly. So, I don't know. I think, I mean, it's going to be interesting in that regard. It's not going to be interesting in any sort of compelling football regard, I don't think. I don't expect the January signing period to go well. I think Ole Miss could easily lose some of these guys I mean, that they haven't no signed like Mingo. There's no game to look forward to. There's no... Yeah, there's not really... I mean, the football the football program is on life Cal's right not going to move the needle for Ole Miss fans. No, it's it's... It's it's very the Liberty Bowl everybody's dreading. Yeah, no right. one no one's looking forward to playing Memphis in that game. I mean, even if you win that game, 
you can't really pull, you pull up who's your chest the, too much. It's the, Memphis. Who's the rotating east? Is it Missouri? Uh, I think that is right. It's someone beatable, but still, people aren't super excited it's at about Missouri. it. Okay, yeah. They're losing that game. Probably. Drew Locke's gone. But I don't know. I think... I think the realistic expectation is an improved defense and a scrappy but struggling probably offense. Um, you know, I think Elijah Moore and Braylon Sanders are kind of the the and Scotty Phillips obviously. So really the four players that are that are any experience to watch on offense is Corral, Braylon Sanders, Elijah Moore, and Scotty Phillips. And then you people have seen him play and think that he can do something. He, yeah. you know, he got in a fight in the Egg Bowl. People like that. I mean, I like the kid. Um, and then what they have one they have. Uh, they have Gibbons left, I think, right? Gibbons is going to be a senior. Everybody else is new on the offensive line, I believe. So that, that's a recipe for disaster right there in the SEC. Um, Dawson Knox is gone. Dawson Knox leaves for the draft. Huge blow, but you have Octavius Cooley. Cooley has some experience, um, but still, the, the offense is, is a huge question mark next year. Uh, but whatever, you know, who cares? I think we, we all just, just wait and see mode. Luke gets one more year at minimum. I've been saying for a long time he's going to get three as the full-time, but you know after the way the signing period went, after the Egg Bowl, I honestly don't know if he gets that I third. Think that, I mean, fan interest could plummet to next to zero. This, this, really this year could put a nail in the Luke era easily, I think. Yeah. So we'll see. How much of this is tied to whether or not they have a chancellor in place? By football season starting, so, I mean, it's it, it, there's there is always that huge question that we try to talk about on the show. Let's say the chancellor isn't in place till January twenty twenty. The true do power they hold structures. everything over just to what, let that get established. Right, exactly. I mean, I think I think a super undercovered aspect of all of this is the more turnover there is, somehow the safer Bjork seems. People cling to Bjork because he's a stability, but because, it's like yeah. he's been overseeing all of this. Like, how is he not taking more blame in all of this? I have no idea. But do you bring in a new chancellor? Does he then change athletic directors? I, or does, he, or does 20, Bjork swindle him and too? It, and the minute it goes up in flames, you dump Luke, you have Matt yeah. be in the interim, and then you gut the whole thing at the end. That'd be, I think that would probably be the fastest way to rebuild the program because it doesn't seem like any extra time because if you're really old miss at this anything. point there's really nothing you can do there's not i don't think there's really one or two moves you can do to really right the ship it's more of there's the, the what you got to fix it and fixing it is you get a chancellor you get a competent chancellor established and in place and then it also is it, it and flows top down a, and then that yeah per- we haven't even said bitter's name through this whole thing obviously that was a huge story that we covered on the show the last four years goofy jeff's first day was a uh, sugar bowl yep yep and he was there celebrating and and wow that's a uh quite the tenure for jeff bitter uh not just football but across the board it's like uh What's the name of the ride, like in amusement parks at Universal Studios, where you do the the free fall? Yeah, like Tower of Terror Tower or something. Of Terror. That's yeah. pretty much the uh, football program. The sidebar, they I think at Disney, the Tower of Terror is now like freaking Guardians of the Galaxy or something. I don't know how that branding works, yeah. but that's weird to me. So if we to kind of summarize the three major sports. We'll yeah, do we basketball, do, we got, football, but right. we'll do uh, basketball, baseball here in a minute. Yeah, football is the Tower of Terror. Yes, over the LAD era. Yes, absolutely. It started. It was, it was it, so basically. You did that little. You had the little fake drops and the, some of those. Gut, you seen those the gut Simpsons wrenching. Enron thing where yeah. it goes down, yeah, yeah, and yeah, back yeah, up yeah. for a minute. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what happened. After you beat Alabama once, you're going up. You take a little dip in the Peach Bowl and the Arkansas bowl, game. Up, you go back up the next year. You beat you beat Alabama again, but then it's been in a free fall since uh yep. since draft night. I would say for sure. 
Um, and so, yeah, we've had the pleasure, the pleasure of discussing this uh, on the show, and uh, glad I'd people listened to it. I'd say the best moment in football over the four years was... Yeah. I think the first well, Alabama Well, LAD wasn't won. around when they beat right, Alabama. Right, that, that, right. So, in the lad era, I would say probably the Sugar Bowl. I mean, winning in Tuscaloosa was pretty huge. Those are the two that For stand me, out to me. For me, winning in Tuscaloosa, because I walked out of the Superdome in the Sugar Bowl, and we were going to Bourbon Street to celebrate, and... We're all in a great mood, but the, but it did the did, the thought came across my mind was that that team should have played for a title if they yeah. just didn't stick their head up their ass. The and the, the team the team that played against Oklahoma State like in that form they could have maybe done something in the postseason. You know, yeah. at the same time Oklahoma State not good. They yeah. they did they looked like shit that day. They they were completely done with the season. I would say, um, yeah. I mean that there was it, everything. It's, that's kind of the freeze era in a nutshell. Is success tinged with disappointment and then complete failure those are kind of the two emotions that you feel about the freeze air because every high of the of the freeze air was accompanied with an auburn or an arkansas loss something that took the wind out of the sails completely florida loss and now it's well but see now we don't even get the highs so i mean it's now they've got to get this chancellor's thing fixed yeah um but let's, let's let's move on from football obviously we uh we watched a lot of andy kennedy basketball um, not that not that much really stands out. I mean, we saw do, we saw dominant scores before. before. We watched Steph Moody, um, Steph Moody, who's a great Moody player. Moody made the tournament in uh-huh. the spring of fifteen. Right. Uh huh. And really, we kind of watched we watched that playing game. That was built. the highlight for sure. Was winning that playing was game the playing and game. The, the the pavilion being built. The pavilion being built, and then Andy lost the team the second yeah. year of the pavilion. I think everything's working out better with him on TV. And, I think he's probably um, happier. What's interesting is Andy, as party goes to Andy, it's already pretty clear that that was, let's let both parties move on and move forward. Yeah, but, but Bjork's best decision he's made. Yeah, versus if you look, compare it to football, make it real quick. Like keeping, no clean keeping play, Luke right? yeah. and keeping the freeze remnants has not given the break needed, but. Yeah, the the Kermit the Kermit move, which has been definitely the biggest basketball development, uh, other than building the pavilion that we've talked about on the show. Uh, and so far, I mean, it's pretty interesting. They're they're doing well this season. Uh, the team plays hard. I think if he gets some recruits in, and here's kind of where you know you start trying to read into what's actually going on. Can we take some of this money we're clearly not spending on recruits for Luke? Can we help Kermit get some size in the post? Like, can we? You know, put some money towards basketball for once. As old is it as simple that Kermit knows how to close recruits better? I don't know. I I I don't know. I think Kermit knows how to coach. He knows how to 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 get a team motivated, and uh, and I think that's going to pay off if we can get some good players. And we were talking at lunch. You know, the SEC is is insane this year. I mean, Tennessee is a top five team. Kentucky is Kentucky. State's very good. You got Pearl at Auburn. Tennessee, Auburn, Kentucky are all top fifteen. Yeah, teams really good. State's top twenty. Uh, it's, it's it's legit, um, and then of course you still have Florida in the league, and then you, Georgia hires uh, Izzo, right? Or uh, no, not Izzo. And, yeah, what's his face? The uh, the guy from Indiana. Oh, Tom Kareen. Kareen's at yeah. Georgia now, right? And then uh, so there's there's a lot there's a lot going on in the in the league. Um, it's going to be exciting SEC season play for sure. I don't know how Kermit te- Kermit's team is going to do, but. Have a lot of big games in there, and then you Iowa can make State. The NIT, it's a success. It's a success because, and, and and I think he's moving in the right direction. Well, they're picked dead last. They're he has, be- I he, think they're better than dead last, probably. Yeah, I think so. He has players looking improved, whether it's Olenichek, 
Or um, yeah. and Tyree looks very, very good, better than he's ever looked. He has a team leader now. I think with football being a mess, if Kermit can – it's actually an opportunity for Kermit to kind of elevate basketball. Because the fan base – something what, One thing we know about Ole Miss fans is they're going to rally. around When football isn't winning, they're Foot, going to rally. Fo- football's fucked up the next two years. Yeah. Is what we basically just said. Ole Miss fans baseball, are desperate for wins. Baseball. People are – You don't like it, but baseball is going to be paranoid when June rolls around. It, baseball – people people are tired of touching the hot stove when it comes to Bianco teams. Everybody – They're scarred. There, there's enough – there's too many – there's a – Enough of the fan base that is going to be. Let's see what happens in June. With but the thing about baseball is the stadium is going to be full. Baseball is a It'll lifestyle full, thing. But Oxford. it won't. But Kermit has a chance to get uniform for the first time optimism maybe around basketball since like the nineties, right? Where the, it is yeah. the most positively perceived sport. Yeah. You have a nice yeah. building. Yeah. You have and you have somebody that, frankly, Kermit. I think Kermit understands. What, he understands Mississippi. He understands fan he base. Understands the fan base. Yeah, and that's key. I think when students come back after you know Ole Miss's eight week recess, but Kermit, but Kermit can say he doesn't have to play the I love Ole Miss card, I love Mississippi card, which is because he's being a state. Right. You know, it's worked out remarkably well for him being a state alum. That he's managed to make people it that's talk about a, that. Yeah, absolutely. He's got a. He's in a unique. It's actually kind of it puts him in a unique spot to, like I said, make. Freeze almost got there, and then dra- up until draft night to make the step change on. Football where it's stuck. Freeze still Kermit had enough of the fan the base. Environment to do that here over the next year, right? And I think I think I think Kermit is building his own fan base among the Ole Miss fan base. But the thing about Freeze is, even after draft night, even after five and seven, if he hadn't fucked himself over, he could have coached Ole Miss for five more years. People, Ole Miss fans yeah, love could've, Freeze. He could have. And, and, and he was Freeze was damn close to being here for twenty years. Yeah, if he if if he if he wasn't such Kirk, a personal Kirk dumbass. Of, yeah, uh, exactly. So, but I I think I think Kermit can build up that goodwill for himself. Uh, I it does seem like this is kind of a destination for Kermit. He's gotten to and the fact that the SEC is elevated in basketball. You know, he made the jump finally from Middle Tennessee after so many years mm-hmm. being there. I, I feel like he might be in for you know upwards of five years or more building this program it seems like so it's a positive development i give bjork credit for that i think he should have been fired before he had the opportunity to, to hire kermit honestly for lots of other things we've discussed on the show on nazim but uh you know it is what it is basketball is in a decent place like i was uh, just to finish my thought from before i think once the students get back in there they're gonna have really good crowds for these sec games against big teams um, even if they lose, I think they'll be they'll play respectably enough that people yep. won't won't quit on the team and, and, yep. and sell it out. So basketball of the three, and it really I think baseball is its own animal. We're about to talk about that, but of the of the three, I think basketball is the most kind of unbridled, upward, optimistic trajectory right now. Baseball at Ole Miss, they make the transition. Well, ba- let's even really this. This podcast kind of got started in right field in some sense. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's kind of we, we would hang out so there. Baseball kind of has its own role in the history. And that would have been the year 13, before Omaha, right? 2013, yep. 2014 mm-hmm. was we were out most games in right field. Right 13 f- for me because I, I graduated and left 14, 13. but I was I was definitely watching every game. We were talking about all and of them. You were but, up a fair amount in 14. Yeah, that's true. Um, but in 13, we were out there pretty much every game. Even midweek games, we were out there. Yeah. And obviously, if you you go to a baseball game ever, but especially if you've ever sat in the outfield at Ole Miss, I mean, it's 
it's one third of the game and two thirds the people around you and hanging out and, and drinking beer and in chilling. In right field, it's that was really a, a good era, like probably its best era that I've seen. It's super crowded now, which almost makes it worse. It, it's gotten worse. Yeah, because it, the I crowds are huge, and that it, makes it's it too huge, and then just hard to watch. Fan IQ has yeah, gone it's down, way down. Not, it's a social outing. It, for it's sure. purely a social event where it was a mix of. But tell if if Bianco and Bjork can can harness that and use it to make the program better, more power to them. You know, yeah. get make money off of it or whatever. But for the average fan out there, it's hard to watch baseball on right field right now. But back yeah. then. It was a much more dedicated following, smaller following, yep. especially for a midweek game, something like that. It was a good sized following, and you had, and Sundays were always, you yeah. had the people, you had a, a, a decent crowd, but everybody out there wanted to be out there and yep. really got after it. So that was, I mean, definitely fond memories for sure. And then, you know, Bianco kind of crescendoed into, you know, Omaha, well, 20, obviously, in 14. The well, 2014 team, um, it was, it, 2014 is really a, I mean, it was before the era of this pod, but it kind of, since the, the roots kind of got It, it I'm kind gonna, of kept it. I'm going to include it because it's worth talking about. And it got the momentum up that we wanted to start a podcast. Because they went and signed a top, 2011 was a top two or three recruiting class in the country, and mm-hmm. that, that talent didn't materialize until 14. I remember former guys. A guest that's been on here multiple times, friend of ours, Austin Miller, and I went through that team before the season and said, "There's no way they can win more than 18 games. Like that is impossible." Mm-hmm. They went 19 and 11 and won the West. Yeah, and they finished super everything kind of lined up. Chris Ellis got healthy and was an ace. Christian Trent showed up from somewhere, and all of a sudden he was a yep. a great number two. He's Sam good Smith enough to be Friday. Was, got hurt there, up and down as a three. Um, Laxer materialized into yep. something fairly dependable out of the pen. He had Austin Wyatt Short was you terrific. Know, uh, we, I think we've decided unsung hero for sure in that um, lineup was um, the freaking who Bra- about Anderson? Is that what I'm thinking of? No, the Braxton Lee. Braxton Lee's a great lead off. One year. Who lead. am I thinking of? Not Will Allen, but they the, haven't had a leadoff hitter the past nine years outside of Braxton Lee. Yeah. Uh, Bossfield was two. Who are we forgetting? Austin Anderson, as I'm trying to say. Austin uh, Anderson was third. Yeah, and he was really good and didn't get as much credit for that. He's yeah. the one that hit the walk off on the intentional walk, yeah. right? Which was a yeah, huge moment was, out yeah. there. Um, yeah, so that team was just solid top Who to bottom. Who the hell hit cleanup? Why can't I not think that? Uh, Will Allen. That's right. Yeah, and then Sy- Will yeah, Sykes Orvis. Will Allen went from a 230 to a 350 hitter. Yes, yeah, huge. Sykes Orvis was really good that year. Sykes was in there. Woodman was a freshman. Yep, and he, you had him in the lower down lineup. Errol, Errol was oh, a freshman. Errol was the freshman in the nine hole. You had um, Preston Overby out there. Yeah, Overby was the piece that was kind of can he can he play de- if he could if he could play well. It would he had be some big moments maker. that we talked about on the show. He had a huge home run in game The namesake two of the, the, Preston, the Preston Overby window yeah. that we've coined here on the Who show. Who eight? Who are we forgetting? Is it, was, was Woodman not eight? Woodman was seven. Bortles was eight? No. Um, no. Bortles. Was Bortles DH? Bortles with DH. Later in the season, I feel like he did. Oh, uh, Jameson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's I mean hell great. of a hell of an outfield defense with Lee. Yes. The defense overall Lee, was really good. Lee Bowsfield and either Jamison or um, Woodman and Wright. Yeah, uh, really solid team. And then you know that's that was always the the thing that Bianco was said he couldn't do was get to Omaha. He does it. He gets third in the country. 
Um, of course, in classic Mississippi fashion, this is the year after State gets second in the country. You yep. know, this is always how the, the teams kind of mirror each other in that way. Um, but I, a high point for Bianco. Since then, he's done Bianco things. They've been good in the regular season a lot of seasons. 15 was... But they look lost in the off in the in the postseason. Fifteen, they haven't gone back to a super a yet. Right, teams, since then, right? They, they had a lot of people go pro in twenty twelve. Fifteen was rough. That was William and Mary year, right? We lost yeah. to them twice in the postseason. That was a rebuilding year. When that, do you? When do you, no, that was thirteen. I went to UCLA. I went to oh LA. UCLA. I remember that year. Yeah, but but we we knew that a lot of the twenty twelve signees had gone pro. Yeah, they recruited two good. Yeah, that materialized in fifteen. Sixteen was a good year. They host. Yes, they go zero two. Yep. That was a, a, a rough, rough. Frankly, they got a. Frankly, they got a weird draw with Utah as the four, mm-hmm. but then um, two letting Tulane beat. I mean, that was yeah that losing, was, losing the first night with the weather delays and all. That, that was, was that just, was just that unacceptable. That was just a weird regional. Well, they didn't play out. Yeah. What the hell do they do in? Seventeen. What do they do in seventeen? They went on the road somewhere, right? Blanking. Where the hell did they go? No, they missed. They missed the tournament, right? They missed, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was a rough one, but they had this good signing class coming in. Yep. Right. Um. Yeah. They missed in seventeen. Yeah, that's right. Was that the first year with these current guys, or did they come the next year? No, a lot of them came. Um, like, like Kessinger. Well, well, Kessinger and Dillard and all them were freshmen. They're freshmen, so now they're about to be juniors. Yeah, yeah. Rollison so, was a freshman, so they were. Yeah, they right, were all, right, right, right. And they, that's right. They missed that year, but you know, there's hope for the future. Turn around, have a great regular season last year. Get us to get a national seed. Uh, we all know what happened in Oxford in that get, regional. They, they, they go, they win the tournament. They're Another hot. funky draw, though. Getting a a good. A, I'm not making excuses for Bianco. He has to win those games, but. They get a team that's Frankly, capable of 18, beating them. They were great, except for they one ten-hour stretch. And they get tight. They get real tight when it matters the most. But it's so weird because you know the SEC tournament doesn't matter. But it's you would think that that's some pressure. And no, they played loose and they were they were and good. Then they get run out of the building. And that's why we've said maybe the best case for them is to go be a two somewhere. But I don't think that's going to happen. They're going to host again. They're going to have a good regular season. I know it doesn't matter. You know, and then there's going to be this big mind game war. Yes, it's going to be crazy mindset. Stadium's going to be weird, so and tight, funky. So it can be. So this is a huge year for Bianco because he has all the talent I to get the, another good I seed. Think the crowd psychology plays a big factor. Yeah, because the team feeds off of that. Going to Yankees Red Sox game one this year when it when you got to an oh shit situation. Let's say second and third, two outs, mm-hmm. just, or and then walk a guy bases loaded. Crowd didn't get tight. Crowd got loud. Right. They said, we're going to go, because uh, in Boston, it's fuck the Yankees, and we're going to get over the hump. Now, pre-04, they probably would have been tighter than right. tight. But that kind of, versus an Ole Miss crowd, it, it would be quiet at that point. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They're holding their breath. And then it's just a whole, how are we going to screw this up? So but, it's, it's going to be a huge season for Bianco. Um, I, I think if he can find a way to break that mentality, come postseason, get to a Super Regional, even if they don't win the Super Regional, I think that gets the monkey kind of off his back again. they've only had one Super Regional yep. appearance since 2009. Yep, and it's then they won it. With I Omaha. think they've got to get to a super. Yeah, you got to at least get there because they they went to what five before they went to Omaha, which was another curse. But still, that's yep. more consistent contest than they're having right now. Um, but yeah, that's, I mean that's kind of the big three. When you get to, and when you get to just a handful of baseball games, it gets funky. Who's their ace? Who's their ace going to be this year? 
Um, they got a lot. Of, they got a lot of new guys. I feel like I'm forgetting some people too, but they they have a lot of. They had that kid that didn't sign after he got drafted in the first round, and Ether is going to be the ace. Yeah. Um, and they they have a lot of they have a lot of new pieces. Um, but it's going to be it's going to be interesting. They have a they should have a great lineup. Um, I'm excited about that, but yeah, so it's it's kind of you know obviously we'll have plenty of time to talk about the Oklahoma baseball season, but that's kind of where we are after four years of doing the podcast, ups and downs I'd say for sure, uh, most consistent program basketball, but also the one that's achieved the the least on a on a highlight level. I'd yeah. say basketball is the most is consistent. Interesting. Are they? I'd I'd say yes. It's not football. Football has been a bomb. No, and then we just talked about how Bianco went to Omaha and then missed the tournament altogether. I mean, baseball is baseball is very consistent. Baseball at Ole Miss is baseball at Ole Miss. It's very consistent. Basketball. I think basketball is consistently not great, but consistent. <laughs> They're consistent. They're consistent. But yeah, right. but yeah, it, what, it is what, what it is. What are the three biggest things to look for in 2019 with Ole Miss? I think number one is get a chancellor hired. Yes, you got to put the. And that's kind of the, the game. The that's kind of the set. game within the game for for Ole Miss sports. Which is weird as hell. Is the, the admin and how yep. that plays out and everything. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, uh, so that that's huge. You're completely right about that. Because that sets the table for what happens with Bjork, Luke. I think 2019 you're looking at Chancellor hired. Bian- uh, Bianco's postseason. Baseball in June. Yes, I think that's huge. That's a huge one. Um, and then I want to see Ole Miss football in January. Uh, it's a really dis- end of December 2019. I just want to look. I just want to see where it's at because that's going to be something. And then I, I expect steady growth and improvement from Kermit's ba- team. Basketball is probably outside the top three. Can they sign a couple key players? And yeah. Well, they got they got some good guys coming in. I think next season's going to be interesting for Kermit because he's going to lose some, but he should it should still be an improvement next season over this season. Uh, but it, I, I think I, I feel good enough about Kermit that even though I don't put anything with basketball in the top three things to watch this year, I still am excited about the program. I think it's doing good. Yeah. But, hell, I mean, say they say they pull off a major upset in the SEC, uh, they can get a lot of excitement around the program. They could end up in the NCAA Maybe tournament. And right now they're projected in the NCAA tournament this year. So, we could hell, in four months we could be looking back and saying, Kermit's team is the face of Ole Miss sports right now. That wouldn't shock me Maybe at all. Maybe this is the better way to do it. What's the biggest thing to watch at Ole Miss? What the hell happens with their chancellor situation? How long does yeah. it take? And that's not as fun as watching a game. If on it the takes court, a year, does it just get can become a complete mess yeah. over the next twelve months? And no, Ole Miss, Foot, I think football. Yes. It's what's the uh, what, what's? Uh, I'm with you. What December? I'm not excited to watch when's any individual. Game? Games. What's the when's the last game this year? Thanksgiving, probably right. Uh, that's right. I think it's the twenty eighth. Yeah. Not excited to watch any individual games. I was games. wanting to get to a date. So, Friday, November 29th. 29th. What the hell does it even look like? I think it's that bland and generic at yeah. this point. Yeah. Easily 4-8. and eight. Baseball. What happens in June? Yep. Basketball is a combination of just how do they do an build, SEC yeah. play? They build, they sign a couple players. What's the um, fan interest in the program? I think it should be good. I think fans should be pretty pretty things. solid. Yeah, that's pretty much where we are. Honestly, I mean, to be honest, not a super exciting time for Ole Miss sports compared to when we started this show. The, the chancellor and the football the enthusiasm. That I mean, like we talked about, really what, what got to start the show is super high-energy Omaha run, 
really great football season. I mean, but going into the season before we started the show in 2014, you know, you had had a bowl win, NCAA baseball win, and uh, or an Omaha appearance. I mean, and a tournament win in basketball, right? They that's uh, 14 was last year in Marshall, right? Or am I? I mean, I might be thinking 13. There was there was consistent 14. winning. Consistent winning in all of Ole Miss's programs at that time, basically. Yeah, because 14, you had Access Bowl, you had Omaha. Right. There was it was. And 14, 15 had NCAA had a basketball tournament, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so we yeah, enthusiasm was high. I think you know if you're if you're a super scissors Ole Miss fan, you're hoping that we end the show soon because damn, this is not it's not been great for uh, <laughs> Ole Miss's luck during our tenure has Maybe not we been take so go on good. Sabbatical, kind of like that, uh, No, but that that would be against our uh, our true feelings, which are that uh, mm-hmm. Ole Miss is fun to laugh at. I mean, I think we've we've enjoyed breaking down the more miserable aspects of what's happened lately. I mean, mm-hmm. draft night, NCAA investigation, all that stuff was great. Pod fodder, freeze, mm-hmm. freeze, d- resigned in disgrace. These are these are all great pod topic so hell i mean it's been fun it's been fun i've had a good four years buddy it has been fun we'll keep going yeah, i'm glad we got to i'm glad we got to do this for the four year anniversary are you gonna are you gonna leave us uh, in this country again Sam? <laughs> i'm going over uh last week of january but just okay all right okay so we got some we so got we some more time around, here yep. yeah, yeah yeah cool man Interesting to see what kermit basketball opening conference play will be kind of interesting yeah just to yeah, is that going to materialize and, and, into something? And I expect just just like people are coalescing around the basketball team somewhat now, I expect people will get really into baseball because, like I said, when when Ole Miss fans don't have football in their lives, they latch on to any other sport they what can. What does the baseball pitching staff look like this year? Uh, there's a lot of talent, but yeah, a lot of it's news. It's going to well, be interesting all, outside of Etheridge and Houston Roth. Yeah, so we'll see. I'll we will we will learn more of what to expect with that baseball team as we get closer here and, and have better, more developed takes on it. Outside of, I think the lineup's going to be pretty good. A lot of returning guys, but um, hell, we'll see. Excited for basketball. I think we got a basketball game coming up here soon. We were saying, I'm not sure what it is, but non-conference is getting Florida wrapped up Gulf pretty Coast soon. On Saturday, there you go. Florida Gulf Coast. That's that. Uh, they were the dunk the dunk team in the dunk tournament team, a few yeah, years yeah. back. Yeah. Yep. What are they like? Uh, they beat Georgetown when they, Georgetown was. What was their nickname? Like Dunk City or something? I don't remember. Something like that. Something good, yeah. Well, hell, that's fun. Uh, all right, well, something to look forward to there. Yeah, it's sort of a, you know, a four-year recap, mostly a downward, downward trajectory. But hell, you know, what we what can we do? We don't play on the teams. We don't do. We don't pay any recruits. Or anything. We don't that's screw our problem. Any of this up. So. If you want to donate to our recruit fund, our GoFundMe, maybe that's what we need to do. Start raising money ourselves <laughs> to pay these kids. I should have gone to Horn Lake. Met with Nakobe. Nah, I'd work. I couldn't do it. Um, well, whatever. It's been fun. Either way, we've had a fun time. We appreciate you guys for listening so much. Hopefully this episode uh, isn't isn't too hard to hear. I think it'll be okay. Um, hope you enjoyed uh, the last four years and, and hearing the recap. And stick with us for a few more. We'll see how it goes. Uh, maybe Ole Miss can, can get back to kind of where they were when we started this show. That's what we're hoping for at this point. Uh, it'll be a while, at least for football, for sure. But we got some other sports to watch. I guess the big difference on that front is... When did the Dan Jones, the the Alster? When did when you did said the, it when did been, that start? Uh, it would have been like the fall of fourteen, yeah, or no, the fall of fifteen, right? Because the Sugar Bowl was in January twenty sixteen. Ole Miss had steady leadership at the yeah running in. Yeah, Dan Jones was mostly like a continuation of Kaya, especially when it came to athletics. Kind of kept all of his same policies and all. There's going. a couple stories that. that we won't say out here. There's a few things that happened that Dan Jones mm-hmm. 
Dan Jones contract not renewed in the Clarion Literature on March 20th, 2015. So that's the, you know. Yeah, before that. That's as much the problem of anything. Yeah, but before the Sugar Bowl season. Exactly, yeah. And then Vitter's in place come January 2016. So I think, yeah, that's, I mean, again, that's something to definitely watch if you really want to understand what turns the wheels that turns the wheels when it comes to that kind of stuff. Um, But, yeah. Oh, man. The most underrated person in college athletics in terms of generating success for the program is whoever the chancellor for Alabama is. Yeah, or the the, yeah, the president of other universities, all that stuff. Yeah, they make a lot of big decisions. All right, well, I we've been going for a while. I have no idea how long because we're not doing our normal recording set, so I can't tell in the garage band. But I feel like this has been a good, uh, solid episode, however long it is. I hope you enjoy listening, guys. Uh, of course, if you like the show, you can rate review us on iTunes, all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, follow our Twitter account. Reach out to me and John if you ever want to, uh, you know, talk about Ole Miss or be on the show or anything. Uh, all that kind of stuff. But, um, John, thanks for joining me, man. Glad to have you here. Good in studio here. was fun. I, it was definitely fun to do an in-person episode. Um, but I guess uh, until next time, guys, for John, I'm Justin. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again next week. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.